Let's start with a little heart exercise, a heart exercise. This will be a little guided reflection for two or three minutes or so. So put your hand on your heart. Put your hand on your heart. Uh, You can close your eyes if you wish or keep them open if you wish. And for a moment, just feel your heartbeat. Just feel your heartbeat. Just feel your heartbeat. Maybe your heart is beating slowly and peacefully right now here in this beautiful church, this house of God, as we've heard these words of wisdom and grace already this morning. Maybe you're feeling a sense of peace, of quiet joy at this moment. Or perhaps your heart's beating fast for some. Maybe your mind's starting to race ahead to the things you need to accomplish later today. Stores and errands you need to stop by on the way home. Or perhaps there's a little tug on your heart. Maybe someone in your family who's struggling right now, who's been on your heart this day. Who knows, maybe even a touch of anxiety from some of your own difficulties. And to listen to some of those deeper movements underneath that heartbeat. Perhaps joy and hope at this gift of faith and life. Perhaps some sorrow, fears. And let us notice in our hearts an image of God's love for us. The Father's persistent, patient, powerful love, giving us life and strength all day, every day. Just as our hearts give us life and strength all day, every day, so too the Father's love. Patient, powerful, often unnoticed. Although perhaps now and then we catch a glimpse during a great family celebration, a beautiful mass, watching the sunset. And in our hearts we see an image of the sacred heart of Jesus. He who has a living, beating heart right now. A heart that is fully human and fully divine. His risen heart gazing upon us with great love even at this very moment. Also this heart of Jesus wounded as he hangs on the cross. The soldier pierces his side with a lance outpouring blood and water. Truly the sacraments of the church, water for baptism, blood in the Eucharist. And so this heart is wounded for us and yet also glorified. So Jesus understands, he knows what it's like to be hurt, to be pushed aside, ignored, misunderstood. 
And yet in his risen, glorified heart, truly our hearts can find renewal, strength, healing, grace, and life. Sacred Heart of Jesus, unite our hearts evermore with your heart. Sacred Heart of Jesus, draw all hearts to your heart for the salvation of the world. Through the same Christ, our Lord. Amen. You can leave your hand on your heart or move it away. It's up to you. Dear friends, what a joy it is to gather here. In this beautiful church, a whole, a whole morning reflecting on the love of God for us. I'm privileged in my Jesuit mission to travel around giving talks and retreats on the Sacred Heart. I've only been in this job for a year or so, and a Jesuit buddy of mine said, Hey, you know this lady, Emily Jaminet? I said, I don't know. He's like, yeah, she's got this pretty great book. You guys are kind of doing the same thing. Like, but just give her a call. I was like, okay. You know, a little Google search. Hey, Emily. Uh, ho- hello? It's Father Joe Laramie. I think we're kind of doing the same stuff. Let's... Maybe we can do it better together. She's like, yeah, that sounds kind of good. So, like, you meet one member of her family, you kind of meet them all. So I get to hang out with her brother, the priest, yesterday. Her parents, super welcoming. She's got a few more friends here, apparently. A few few hundred in this church, so. What a joy to speak about, to share in this love of his heart. A long-time Jesuit ministry promoting this beautiful devotion. St. Claude Colombier, spiritual director of St. Margaret Mary Alacoque. A Jesuit preacher and pastor who became the great apostle of the Sacred Heart. In my own life, I'm from Sacred Heart Parish outside St. Louis, my hometown. A previous Jesuit community I lived in, also in St. Louis, was Sacred Heart House. This was formerly a recording studio, especially in the 1940s and 50s, and Jesuits would record these little talks and reflections on the Sacred Heart, burn them into records, and then send them out to Catholic radio stations around the country and beyond. I had an image of the Sacred Heart on my holy card when I was ordained as a priest 10 years ago. Also the beginning of this great Congress, gathering together here in Ohio. And am I right? A few years ago, at least, uh, your, your state motto was, Ohio, the heart of it all. Is this right? <laughs> I don't know. Is this like the Tourism Bureau? But what Ohio's kind of shaped like a heart, right? You know? God's wisdom, God's providence, God's sense of humor about these things, right? And the Sacred Heart devotion, you know, one, like just as you start to enter in, it just kind of keeps opening up, you know, in newer and deeper ways. You know, one little mustard seed, like, you know, you put a little image in your house, 
Then you start praying with this a bit. Somebody asks you about it. You tell them, okay, you're now sort of a missionary all of a sudden. Maybe some folks have been doing the morning offering prayer. Kind of the cornerstone of my mission and the apostleship of prayer. It's a prayer that starts off this way. Oh, Jesus, through through the immaculate heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day. Just a very short prayer to start our day. Offering my heart to the heart of Jesus. An old Jesuit motto for this was 15 seconds to start the day right. We're all busy, right? But okay, 15 seconds, I think I'm pretty sure I can spare that, right? Is that it's the length of a TikTok video if you're... If you don't know what TikTok is, that's okay. You're going to have a lot more spare time on your hands if you don't know what that is. All right. 15 seconds for this little prayer. It's one of the very few things I do before I have coffee in the morning is pray that prayer. All right, Lord, here goes. Like, yep. Still kind of waking up here. I don't know if I'm giving you 100%, but I'm going to give you what I got. All right. I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day. Lord, my heart, I place before your heart. You know, in advance, I'm sort of saying I want my day to be a prayer. And in his wisdom, Christ kind of teaching me through that prayer, okay, I'm praying that my... Lord, I offer you my prayers. Okay, I'm starting off with a prayer. All right, not too bad. Pretty good. My works. All right, I'm going to have some work to do today. All right, maybe it's running kids to school and soccer practice. Maybe it's going to the office. Maybe some folks are still, you know, kind of working from home, got your computer stuff. But, okay, Lord, my work this day, I offer that to you, whatever form that takes. My prayers, works, joys. All right, I like that part. That sounds good. Lord, you're assuring me there's going to be some joys in this day. You know, maybe some little quiet joys of some time with the family, maybe at dinner time, maybe a walk. On these, what, unseasonably warm November days here in Columbus. Prayers, works, joys, sufferings. Ooh, okay, don't like that part so much. But, yeah, that's part of life, right, Lord? I want to offer you that too. You know, as we've heard so beautifully in these previous talks, Lord, uniting my sufferings with yours really transforms my experience. I'm not just suffering alone in silence, whether that's from physical pain, loneliness. Lord, if I unite that with your heart, then suddenly this changes, Now your light is breaking through my experience. Yes, Lord, could be some pain is still there. And Lord, this is actually now a moment of communion with you. Lord Jesus, you yourself took time for prayer in the Gospels alone with your Father. Lord, you labored first as a boy in Joseph's carpentry shop learning a trade. Later as a preacher, teacher, traveling from town to town. 
Lord, I'm uniting my prayers with your prayers, my works with your work, my joys with your joys, Jesus celebrating with friends, blessing little children. And my sufferings, Lord, yes, you know what it's like. You understand, Lord. Your heart is wounded too and yet not destroyed. You know, this is a devotion that, yes, goes back to the 1600s, Margaret, Mary, and Claude. And further than that, St. Gertrude in the 1200s. And further than that to, oh, say the year zero, God becoming man. The season of Advent where we contemplate, prepare our hearts for that great celebration of Christmas. For the first time, God has a heartbeat. Beneath the heart, the immaculate heart of Mother Mary, now beats the heart of God in this tiny, tiny child being formed in her womb. Again, one of these devotions that can even kind of help us read Scripture. What, it's, it's a bit like the Eucharist, okay? For Catholics, that gift of the Eucharist. When we read the Scripture, we're all of a sudden seeing sort of signs and arrows pointing towards the Eucharist. Jesus multiplying the loaves and the fish to feed the thousands. Well, this is a kind of precursor, a kind of lead up to the Eucharist. Jesus there pouring out his life and love for the whole world. Well, so too, this Sacred Heart devotion. We see in the Old Testament references to mainly the the heart of man, the human heart. In Psalm 139, Lord, you have searched me and you know me. Search me, God, know my heart. Know my heart. Lord, I want my heart to be known by you. You made it. You know it better than me, Lord. And I want to offer it to you. I don't want to sort of hide my heart from you somehow. Doing things over here that I would prefer God doesn't know about. Well, here's the thing about an all-knowing, all-seeing God. Okay, Who loves us. You know, if I'm trying to hide something, I'm fooling myself. Know my heart. Some hearts are fleshy and alive in the Old Testament. Other hearts are hardened. Pharaoh's heart. As he says no to Moses, no to the Jewish people, no to God's call. And the Lord promising us, I will give you a new heart. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. You know, my heart sometimes becomes wounded, scarred. You know, if you got scars from an old, I don't know, sports injury or something, right? This, the skin is hardened. It's, it's a way of your body kind of protecting itself, saying, all right, we're, we don't want that to happen again. How about our hearts? You know, we get hurt, put up some shields. Okay, gosh, I don't want that to happen again. The touch of Christ healing our hearts, renewing our hearts, stretching our hearts, making them larger, stronger, more able to receive his life, his grace. In the New Testament, there are three key references to the heart of Jesus all in John's gospel. 
First one, at the Last Supper, St. John, the beloved disciple, simply leans his head on the side of Jesus, as if leaning his head upon the sacred heart. This very tender gesture, you know, something like a father and a son, Jesus, certainly a spiritual father to St. John, the youngest of the apostles. You know, that's, that's what we all crave, isn't it? That support, that warmth, that safety, being close to Christ, embraced by him. Even a kind of similarity there to that prodigal son story. You know, the younger son goes off, blows the family inheritance, crashes the car, maxes out the credit card. The father rushing out to meet him, embraces him, kisses him. Christ desiring to embrace each of us, especially in our sorrows, to forgive our sins. On the cross, Jesus, hanging upon the cross, breathes his final breath. Then the Roman soldiers, in a certain kind of grisly fashion, go along just to be sure these guys are really dead. The soldier pierces his side with a lance, through his heart outpours blood and water. Even, even in his death, Christ continuing to pour out his life, his love for us. In a moment, I'll lead us in a little closing reflection on this third passage involving St. Thomas, St. Thomas. And the movement here is my heart, his heart, all hearts. We begin with our own hearts, okay? We got to start somewhere, right? Raise your hand if you've enthroned the sacred heart in your home in some way, or your, your school, your business, Okay. Thank you. Thank you. You know, somehow you felt a a call to do this, a desire. You heard about it. Somebody told you, one of your friends did it. You thought, gosh, that's beautiful. Maybe, hey, should we do that too? Maybe we could do that too. You know, our heart's hungering, desiring communion with his heart. Even this daily offering, you know, enthroning our hearts in his heart each day. Lord, yes, I want to enthrone you, and every day, Lord, I want you to reign in my heart. You know, this little morning offering prayer, 15 seconds, a good way to start the day. Lord, I want to renew that enthronement, even each morning, even just for a few brief moments. And Lord, as I offer my heart to you, my joys, works, sufferings. Lord, I trust that you can use those graces, you who are truly the center of the body of Christ, the church. You can then, in a sense, send out those graces where they're needed most. Lord, to touch hardened hearts, to heal those who are wounding, wounded or suffering. Even the Holy Father, for a hundred years now, has every month given a special prayer intention to the apostleship of prayer to say, hey, I want to help you. I want to guide your prayers 
The Pope as chief shepherd on earth has a unique kind of purview to say, yes, this month I want you to pray for this group of folks who are really suffering. Could be people in the Middle East, could be migrants, could be women and children so often persecuted in so many places, the family under attack in so many ways. Lord, I offer my heart to your heart for the salvation of all hearts. You know, and the more we do this, our hearts more and more are transformed. Like, again, you start with one little thing and Christ is going to keep growing this little mustard seed into something beautiful. You know, maybe Emily's talk struck a chord in your heart. God, yeah, those 12 promises. Gosh, I want to I take a look at those. I want to think and pray about those. Is there one that I'm especially in need of? Father Peter's reflections. So, that Dominican wit and wisdom, you know, they've been around a couple years uh, longer than the Jesuits, only a few centuries, so we always try to kind of learn from them, you know, pick up on the things they're doing right, see if we can do it too. You know, maybe a few of his words struck a chord in your heart. You know, Christ wanting to reign in our hearts, our homes, our families. Finally, St. Thomas. St. Thomas. So I'm from Missouri. And every so often I try to start a little kind of Twitter campaign to get St. Thomas named as the patron saint of the state of Missouri. Okay, go with me here for a minute. All right. So I looked up your state motto. Do you know my state motto? The show me state. St. Thomas is kind of the show me saint. (laughs) Hashtag patron saint of Missouri. Okay. So let me lead us in a short reflection on St. Thomas to conclude our time together. So this is following the resurrection of Jesus in the upper room. Jesus has appeared to the disciples and somehow Thomas picked just the wrong moment to run out to Walgreens for some hand sanitizer or, you know, whatever he needed to do. Comes back in like, guys, you got to be kidding me. We're not kidding. He was just here. Well, I don't believe it. Show me. I got to see it. Jesus, in great humility, with his sacred heart, especially comes to visit this disciple who, it seems, is hurt, confused, feels left out, perhaps feels alone, separated. Maybe we feel that way ourselves sometimes. This is in John chapter 20. Now, a week later, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and bring your hand and put it into my side. And do not be unbelieving, but believe. As if Jesus is saying to Thomas, I want you to touch my heart. This heart wounded out of love for you. 
this heart risen and glorified. There with St. Thomas in the upper room, that place of the first mass. Dear friends, let us behold him reaching out to touch the heart of Jesus. Perhaps with a little trepidation, but also a deep hope and trust. And then the eyes of Jesus locking eyes on you, on each one of us. And saying, yes, you too. I desire you to reach and touch my heart, even at this moment. This heart beating with love for you. This heart, yes, wounded for you. Touch this wound. I know what it's like. Finally, friends, perhaps we even feel called to go a step further and say, yes, Lord. And Lord, I invite you to touch my heart as well. This heart, yes, wounded. Yes, this heart, sometimes calloused, hardened in some places, and yet made by you, loved by you. Lord, touch and renew this heart of mine, this heart that you have made. Sacred heart of Jesus, we trust in you. Sacred heart of Jesus, we trust in you. Sacred heart of Jesus, we trust in you.